TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. Welcome, everybody. Two guys in a mic show. TalkZone.com, your 24-hour internet place to cohabitate, if you will. Be with us 24-7 on all kinds of different shows. And today from uh, 10 to 11, not just today, Monday through Fridays, we bring you the sports talk show known as the Two Guys in a Mic Show. It's myself and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. We'll be talking to sports, jumping off the sports page as well. And after we listen to the music, we'll be finding out what did... The Big Dog, do this past weekend. All the news that is happening, we never got to the uh, Big Dog's weekend, uh, which apparently was um, a couple of stories. Some humorous, some sad. we got to get to that. Imagine, imagine Joe Redwanski, the United States pulling off one of the most dramatic seek and death Rescue missions, seek and death rescue. That's kind of an oxymoron, but... Is it a seek? Well, well, kind of. That's exactly what they did. They well, shot somebody and they brought yeah. him death. Yeah, I use the word rescue. I don't think that rescue was the proper word, but imagine them doing it on a day when you had stories to tell about your weekend. Bad timing. I hold Barack Obama and his people responsible. Uh, are, are you kidding me? No, what would have made it worse was it was like a real dramatic weekend for me, like a life-changing. Yep. Not only does that happen... But, like, one of those moments that you'll always remember exactly where you were at happened on mm-hmm. the same day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, wow, all thrown in together. Yeah. And this story keeps on getting better and better. Uh, your, your, your story on the weekend or the story about the uh, killing of, Bar- of, of uh, Osama bin Laden? No, no, the story about my weekend keeps getting okay. worse and worse, Coach. Okay. I keep feeling worse and worse about by action. Yeah, I okay. got a, a feeling that might happen. You're in the 48-hour reprisal area right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's getting worse. I mean, I, I was bad yesterday, but today it's even worse than what, than what it was. So, mm-hmm. luckily, at least I have a uh, you know, an assassination, an execution to yep. at least take my mind off of this. That will pick you up a little bit. Chicago Cup baseball, your favorite team that won't pick you up a little bit. Your second favorite team, the Chicago Bulls. No, that's not going to pick you up either, but uh, we had a Southside White Sox pulled out of victory, so sports can always get our minds off it a little bit. But uh, we'll get into your personal demons in just a second, Big Dog. <laughs> but now that we've had over 24 hours to let it all sink in, the uh, Osama bin Laden uh, seek and destroy mission, a lot of, lot of curious, interesting, coincidental, dramatic things happen, including right from the very start, the helicopter mal functioning, uh, and the fact that, uh, did you see the picture that Barack Obama and all his, his his peeps were actually watching and getting reports in, in, the, in the war room? Very dramatic picture. Did you see that? No, uh, of course they were. All those guys were cameras. So they were watching, uh, um, and then they can actually get a direct, they were getting, and also monitored above from uh, different areas. Uh-huh. They, had, they had set up monitors. They were actually, they uh, saw, they... Barack Obama saw Osama bin Laden through a camera of a soldier mm-hmm. 
and he saw him executed. I, so you I'm, sure I'm about that? About facial confirmation. It's coaches. I, I heard they were getting the like. States are high tech. There are times where technically, like President Obama could technically see somebody. Yes, that's the guy. Kill him. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's how. That's how technologically right, sound our our military is. Okay? My insides, my uh, my Pakistani inside sources. We also use them to follow uh, Pakistan. Uh, uh, soccer, we get some reports from them, and uh, Pakistani bocce ball. The cricket league. Uh, yeah, cricket too, we don't want to forget that. But our inside <laughs> sources in Pakistan say that, uh, yes, the president and the war room, if you want to call it that, were following it, but they didn't exactly have full videotape. They were getting reports. No, no, no. But coach. they didn't see no, the no, whole. You didn't, you didn't listen to the briefing yesterday. Well, I, I did listen to a briefing. Your, your, your briefing was different than my briefing. How are your yeah. briefs, by the way? Well, they're very good. They're very good. You go in uh, boxer shorts or uh, or you trousers today? No, I, I've been going with those half, those briefs. Okay, that's a nice brief. touch. I like that. Go ahead. What, what did your briefing say? Uh, that they were able to monitor the whole situation. I, I forget the guy's name. Who's well, the head of what, Homeland Security? But what does monitor the whole? Uh, my briefing also said they monitored the whole situation. What you are implying to the sporting public out there is that they were able to watch I'm not no. I'm In not fast forward, I'm, they I'm can, not implying it, Coach. I'm stating it as fact. Watch, so not monitoring, but actually able to watch the entire yeah. drops. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I forget the name of the guy who is the head of Homeland Security. Were they able? The that, did they? Did the technology have <laughs> like a pause button if Barack had to go to the washroom? They could pause it and then I'm fast forward. Not, Coach. I'm afraid not. That's that, too that bad. Was, that was not. That was not part of it. That would have been good. Uh, the, the, quite honestly, Obama saw. Uh, uh, Hussein, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Mm-hmm. Bin Laden before he was killed. Okay. Uh, it's, okay. It's that good. And, and so what I'm saying is, if I'm wrong, it's because, and you got to watch the, the Homeland Security guy that came out about 1245 in yep. the afternoon yesterday. Yep. Okay. It's about a 45 minute. I, I watched it all and they were like, did, did you actually see the execution? And, and he like looked and he said, and he like kind of smirked and he was like, let's just say we monitored the whole situation. Mm hmm. They asked if they saw what happened, mm-hmm. and they so and so. Did you see the pictures of everybody in there? Uh, Clinton no. had to put her hand over her face; she was freaking out. They, Wait. they were watching the action. Oh yeah, they yeah. The picture. The I thought you everything. meant. I thought you meant the pictures of the people inside the compound. Yes, I did see the the uh, pictures of the people watching it, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it's dramatic. Not just obviously the video they're watching, but just watching the tension in yeah. a simple picture. You can just. You can almost feel your own body getting tensed up, and um, yeah, it, it, it's a dramatic photo. I also, just as a complete sidelight, not to bring up a whole other issue here, but I was curious. Here are some of the nearest and dearest, some of the closest and mostest of Barack Obama's troops, and there was about ten or eleven people in the room with him. One woman, and he was the only African American. All all the rest of them were basically old white guys. I, 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 what do you call it, Coach? I, well, he kept a lot of uh, Bush's uh, mm-hmm. staff. Don't All forget, right. I just, Homeland Security was set up by Bush. Obama came in, was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm not touching it. Let's admit he was like, all right. Not only am I not touching it, I'm going to tighten the screws on it a little bit, and mm-hmm. you guys are going to go to work even harder. So I, I wasn't expecting his closest military advisors to be, you know. Three Hispanics, five African Americans, and one token. What? I didn't think he'd change it that much, but I thought maybe, 
maybe we'd get a little bit of change, but uh, I don't know. You know, picture says a thousand words. There they are. You're, you know, you're basic old white guys controlling and the woman things. Has her hand over her yes. eyes, turning around in the corner. Yes. You talk about a stereotypical picture. Yes, I, I, probably a few more than a few women not happy with that. That's a total sideline, of course, to the significance of what happened. But I just thought I would bring that up. And there's a whole lot of controversy, big dog, about the body being thrown in the water yeah. within 24 hours. You got that whole deal going on. Okay, and here's why I keep on it, trying to explain this to people. People are like. Well, if they're faking his death, he can just show up and prove he's alive, right? That isn't the point. What if he had already been dead? Yep. And the U.S. was just trying to pull off some coup of like, hey, we killed Osama bin Laden and disposed mm-hmm. of him. When he might have been dead a-, a while back to somehow kind of like get some type of like moral victory. Because don't forget, Coach, we there, there's a really good chance Dwight D. Eisenhower was right when he was leaving office and he said – Look out because there's a military institution trying to take over our government. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, and he, he stated it. And ever since then, we've had some really crazy things happen that oh, just reeks of conspiracy theory. I hate to say mm-hmm. it. I don't want to sound like, you know, a blabbing idiot, but a lot of this stuff, just like, like the Bay of Talking incident that started Vietnam and all this, yep. all these other like little incidents. Mm-hmm. And then it just so happens the same people always reeking billions of dollars of cash uh, because they own McDonnell Douglas or, or uh, Dow Corning or, or companies like that, and mm-hmm. they have the most lobbyists. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, I, it's, I, we I just have to be very careful. Of, that's why they just need to be smarter and show the body. Now there's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, well, they're not going to show the body now. I think it's a little bit tougher to discover. They can show the pictures, of course, but no matter what pictures we saw this in the birth certificate uh, controversy about a week ago, people will find some, uh, pardon the pun, but holes in it and prove that it's not right. We are, by the way, our producers are trying to get a hold of the aforementioned Dwight D. Eisenhower and see if we can get some confirmation on that story. I don't know if we'll get them by the end of the show, Big Double. We are. Military complex speech. We are. Where? That's all, that's all you have to do is Google Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, okay. industrial military complex. Well, will there be okay. a phone number to get a hold of? No, there won't be. And it's too bad because, you know, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, under, underrated president, by the way. Just, uh, I thought, uh, yep, solid guy. Solid guy. His uh, What was it, his grandson, David Eisenhower, married Trisha Nixon, right? I have no idea. Do I have that right? You should know these things. Come on. Um you know, so many little sidelines to this story. Again, let's throw a phone number out here, by the way. We're going to talk some sports in just a little bit, big dog. Uh, and fans out there, don't you worry about it. But the story at hand, the Osama bin Laden, 24 hours later, it's all kind of soaking in so many stories to talk about. You want to check in your comments, your thoughts, 888-463-6748. If you're a member of the Eisenhower clan, we'll put you to the front of the class. 888-463-6748. Even if you aren't, if you tell producer David uh, Olson your name is Eisenhower, Hour, we'll get you right out. Um, you still there, dog? Yeah, I'm here. I'm I, here. you know, it, I told you it bothered me yesterday. Now that it has sunk in, it bothers me significantly more. The pictures of our United States uh, folks out on the streets, you know, like we want to, like we want to, you know, big basketball or big football game, pumping our arms and cheering, and you know, at the beers in the hand and drinking in the USA. I thought that was very, very inappropriate over the killing of a human being, and it made us look very much like the people that we're trying to um, not be quite so like. Yeah, you know what, and I, I kind of, that, that goes into the conspiracy theory thing, Coach, so that can we, we can really get into a global war. You know, that, that's what I'm afraid of. Huh? So, 
because you're afraid you're, we're inciting the other side, right? Well, that, that's... Well, look, that, our media that, can portray us any way they want it to. There's many different things that they could mm-hmm. be showing constantly over and over about what we're doing, and I'm sure not all of us are drunk and, and in street yes. uh, saying the Pledge of Allegiance wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, so uh, think of it that way, too. There's, and I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's uh, when they want to make us scared... They show them burning American flags over there, yep. when I'm sure not everybody's burning American flags over there. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to worry about how the media is betraying it and what they're trying to make us think. Mm-hmm. Yep, no question they're about it. They're not always just spreading truth, Coach. Sometimes they're passing the gas. Well, especially with you know YouTube videos and Facebook and all that stuff right now, little images can become so much more um, insightful. Big deal. I don't know what you can do about it, but mm-hmm. and you can't control every person but it just it bothered me more and more watching some of the pictures of our own very own united states people um what was that i heard one it's a famous quote and i've heard it before i heard someone repeat it on the radio yesterday and it has something to do with every man's death diminishes us just a little bit more and even if that person is evil and is horrible maybe it maybe it diminishes us a little bit less than other people but thought the point was well taken every man's death are you trying to tell me we shouldn't have killed them no no, no, no. I'm just saying we shouldn't celebrate as outward. I'm not even saying you shouldn't have been happy. I'm just saying the outward celebration, there was just something from the gut that wasn't right about that. Yeah, I, I understand. I wouldn't go into the streets. Cause I'm more like, yeah, we got one, and let's let's remember all the people that have died mm-hmm. in, in order to try to find this guy because it's over 6,000 now, and I'm not including the people that died on September 11th. These are just right. the soldiers and all the, and all the other people that are there. Think about that. 6,000 people have died in order to catch bin Laden. 6,000 people have died where? In order to catch bin Laden. Okay. Technically, let's, let's face it. If they, if any, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. and bin Laden that were the reasons why we went into Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And so far, all we've gotten is bin Laden. So 6,000 American troops and or caregivers and like, you know, independent contractors have died. Mm hmm. And now we finally got them out of it. And how many incidents have we had where we look like we're horrible yeah. warmongers by killing the wrong people, innocent people, drones yeah. flying over and shooting missiles on some uh, poor Pakistani dude just because he's six foot five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is some of the the worst <laughs> possible things that can happen in, in in war, and particularly from our standpoint when we bomb a particular area and it's either a miscue or even if we hit the proper area and innocent people are killed along with it i mean that you know and you read the stories in the paper and then you go on to the next story but you really shouldn't you got to stop and think about that that is the true true horror of uh war when innocent people are getting killed like that big dog it's very very discouraging did you read a little bit on how they how they actually found where uh bin laden was living oh I, i've been listening to it's uh okay the, one of his couriers, who he didn't That's... change couriers with, because he, he, you know, he was smart. He only yeah. had a few people who knew where but, he was. But that's how they found him, through the couriers. And it was through, uh, they don't know what type of torture. They don't know if it was the extended right. torture that they're, now that's the debate was, was it something that was extreme or was it just mm-hmm. typical, like, stuff, uh, interrogation, how they found out the courier's nickname. Yep. And a nickname eventually... Uh, they were following some other guy, and it had nothing to do with, well, obviously it had something to do with Al-Qaeda, but there was another issue that they are going on. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the guy with that nickname calls up that guy. Mm-hmm. And for four years after that, they they were following this guy. That's how long it took. 
Uh-huh. I was even when they found what they thought was the official courier and they had to, you know, find out where he was. It took like six months. You know, you watch these detective shows and everything gets wrapped up in one hour. Six months. Six months just to follow this guy around. Four years, like you said, from the time they got the initial name of the courier. You talk about painstakingly slow process, big dog, but that's the way it works in the real world. Well, you know, they would have loved to have done it uh, better, but it's not like they had a, let's face it, if the guy was German and hanging out in Germany, yep. it would have taken him nine months to do it. If it was in England, about six months. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a place where, um, I mean, it, the United States has only been building until, well, I guess they've been doing it a lot longer in the last 25 years, but they've really focused on this last 25 years. So before that, it was always Russian. Mm-hmm. You know, if this stuff happened in Russia, we'd find the guy in about four days. Otherwise, another sidelight. Do we? Do, does America have a, a base or military in uh, in Pakistan? Um, I, I don't believe so anymore, Coach. And do uh, we have them in like Germany? We uh, we have them in Germany. Do we have them in uh, France? Uh, we have them in France. Okay, let me ask you a question. Does France have a uh, have military in the United States? No, they don't. Does Germany have military in the United States? Um, they train here, Coach. Their special forces train through us, and their special forces you, go out and do things for us. And well, that's for us, kind of right? Because the German special forces dude is freaking crazy. That's like that. That's worth like five stealth bombers. Do you know what I mean? Just one yeah. trained German dude uh, yeah. through uh, like Navy SEAL training. Mm-hmm. Those guys, they can kill anything. All right, but but do you understand the point I'm making? That, yeah. You know, that it's just taken for granted. Well, that we've that we've got these bases and troops in other countries and they don't have why because you got to remember okay we're, yeah, we what call do ourselves the United States of America okay uh, other people that are Western thinking call us United States of America mm-hmm. okay but they kind of look down on us and then the people of the third world call us the American Empire. I don't know. I, I'm confused. What does that have to do with they us? They know having... America's everywhere, so they think America runs the world. So they think America yeah. runs everything. So well, they... you know, d- dial it back a couple of Nazis. Just get me back to a basic humanistic level. Why is it okay for us to be in other countries, even if it's not like, you know, a huge compound, thousands of military, but why do we have presence in so many other countries? And it's God forbid... It's the military-industrial complex that Dwight D. Eisenhower was speaking about as he left the White House and said these people are trying to take over the White House. So you are agreeing with me. I mean, I I think I've told you to watch this speech for the last eight years. What speech? The speech. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Okay, so really, you need to watch it. Okay, that's all you need. Just go home and Google it, and you tell me what you think, that if, Something like he was explaining didn't start taking over immediately mm-hmm. uh, when okay. Kennedy was set. So you are, in some sense, agreeing with me that it's it's wrong on a very base level. Why should we have troops in other yeah. countries and them yeah. not? Yeah, all, all I want my troops to do is to make sure our homeland is safe, mm-hmm. okay, and let everybody have a fair opportunity to earn a living wage, okay. That's all. Yeah. Let have the. Have the pe- people that have freedom to do what they choose to do. That's all mm-hmm. we should be and, doing. And, okay. And by, and by the way, by me questioning this, I'm not saying that uh, we shouldn't help out other countries when they are in need, because you know my philosophy. I've got the universal flag flying outside my house, so maybe I'm contradicting myself a, a little bit. It's just, uh, you know, I got no problem with us, but it shouldn't just be us. Any country should help another country when their peoples are being attacked. 
you know, for it. innocent reasons, but it shouldn't ju- but it just on a very base level. Why is it that the United States, as great a country as we are, why? Why? Huh? I hate to tell you, I would only help a few countries in the world because well, nobody, sometimes, you know, you like right now, Japan should be being helped by every single country yes. in the world because Japan Absolutely. always comes to people's rescue. Always. Well, they really do, Coach. Pick, now, tell me, to China tell, and Korea, you're right. But tell tell me countries, a country, what, what country wouldn't you rush in to help if their people were in need? It all depends on really what was going on. You know, that, you know, that, that is an excellent point. Coach. Yeah, because, you know, even a country, you can't blame it on the, uh, you know, the dictators or the people running the country, but you've heard me say this before. Why is well, the. Uh, well, but again, why is it always us that has to do well, it? Well, I completely agree. That's my whole point. I'm not saying it should just be us. That that should be a natural thing for all countries. When others are in need, you you come out and help them a little bit. But why is it that America, as great a country as we are, okay, you know, we're not any greater than than other countries. Why why are we have bases and military in other countries and other countries don't have them in our country? Okay, the the reason why is because we're probably some of the least oppressed people. Because around the world, a lot of typical human rights aren't allowed. And if, and if you don't have the freedom to do what you want to do, technically, you're not going to live a happy life and a productive right. life. So, you know, Even though I think there's a lot of, like, stuff that as we as Americans should not be going through right now, we still have a little bit more freedoms than most other people. That's mm-hmm. why we can afford to have okay. military bases everywhere. Well, what do you mean? Can world, I, I, well, 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 I don't, that last sentence, I agree with everything you said up until the last sentence. How does that, the my, fact my, that, that we are the least oppressive, how does that, Justify us having a base. We, no, we, well, we shouldn't. We shouldn't have to, Coach. We should not have. So why to. do for it? For some reason, the whole world looks to us in order well, to uh, in, in order to like protect shipping lanes yeah. and well, and to make sure like that's basically what has happened. They, they need to stop to looking at us. They need force. to look at the United Nations. Well, okay, the United All Nations countries. and NATO. I, I, I agree. And then what ends up happening is the same countries end up paying for everything. Okay, so it doesn't matter. Everything that you say, oh, go to the United Nations. Well, who's paying their tax for the United Nations? Well, oh, the United States is. Of course, then the United States, remember, they just quit paying. They're like, we're not paying in this anymore. And then they, mm-hmm. they freaked out, well, we're not going to back uh, America in, uh, uh, in, in, you know, in worldwide issues. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't paying their United Nations due, so they decided they're not going to do what's right in certain situations. They're going to fight the United States. You actually yeah, had some, some countries not paying their United Nations dues? Years there's been so really? many countries. Oh, we can't afford to. So they, you know, I never so, even knew. They, and, like so many times, the United States was bailing out every other country. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go, oh, it's the United Nations. No, it's the United States. Did you ever notice it was all their troops and all their equipment? Interesting. <laughs> so, David uh, Olson, producer extraordinaire. Well, one of the the simplest answer as to why no other country has any military bases on. In America is because there's never been, it, it, there hasn't been a major military operation on this continent since the Revolutionary War. So there's, there's no need for them to establish bases here. There's no fighting here. Yeah. The ones that are over in Europe, particularly in France and Germany, are remnants from World War II. That's why they're there. Same yeah, that, thing that, with that Japan. But yeah, there's but no, the- there's no fighting in France right now. No, there's Go not. Uh, no, there's not, but that's a staging area for the rest of the continent. And for the Middle East, it's like it's like it, well, it's like the yeah, it's, it's the halfway point. The ones, 
Now, what about the ones in Turkey, Dave? Because you're exactly right about those. But, what, you know what I mean? There really hasn't been major staging operations in, in Turkey. Well, yeah, well, we, we've States. got them all over the middle. They're, they're all, it's, it's not just Turkey. We've got it in Turkey. We do have them in Pakistan. And when you well, say you we, it's the, 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 it's the United, United States, States, not the, the United, United States. States. Well, the United, United States. I don't understand. It should there be United four, Nations. There are, four, there are four military bases in Pakistan. Uh, four United States. Four United States. Does any States. other country have military bases in Pakistan? Don't know. Don't know. See, I think that's a problem. You know, the United States has at least four in Saudi Arabia. Think about that. That's and they're, basically they're kind of like a, a sworn enemy in some weird way. And Saudi Arabia has none here. How would well, we feel if Saudi? Not. How would? Huh? <laughs> the Saudi Arabia? They don't have anything here but besides banks. Well, that's all they have if, here. If, they have if a I'm a if I'm a Saudi Arabian, you know that 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 doesn't pass the smell test for me. Why can't we put a base and keep an eye on you guys here? If you've got four four bases well, keeping well, an eye, Saudi Arabia borders Iraq, where we've got a major military operation going. I mean, you can't always have people in the hornet's nest. You got to pull. You got to pull them out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got to you got you got to pull them out of the combat zone without pulling them out of the region. But whose decision is that? We're we're making the decision to jump into Saudi Arabia. I, I'm sure the Saudis gave us approval for having okay. the military bases there. And why us? And, 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 it, it, and if you remember, money, you know, part money. of the reason why Al Qaeda got mad at us in the first place is because we did have the military bases mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia during the first, yeah. uh, during the whole Kuwait uh, thing. I, I would argue it should not be United States bases, big dog. It should be United Nations. Okay, well, the in United countries. Nations yes. did not approve of the United States going in and ousting Saudi Arabia. So the United States, Poland, and England mm -hmm. had to go do it themselves, Coach. You, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Yeah, but you, you see what I'm getting at from a very, very basic human instinct level. It just seems weird that we've got troops and bases in other countries, and how would we feel if they came into our country? We would feel like, thank God you were here because obviously somebody took us over and you saved us. No, they're just, you know, we, we, hey, you got a base in our place. We're, you know, we're going to, we're just going to bring in some troops and set up a base, you know, communications, keep an eye on things. No problem at all. Saudi Arabia is going to set up in, uh, you know, Charleston, South Carolina. You got a problem with that? Well, 16 year old girls with meth addictions would love it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Don't forget, Big Dog, from this, we're going to take a quick break and transition to your weekend that was. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah we teased it yesterday's show. we got to get yeah, to yeah, some yeah. of that material. I, I we I also, we do got to get to a little baseball, Cubs and Sox. NBA playoffs yesterday in uh, Chicago. Uh, the Bulls are going to win in four. Ah, the Hawks, well, they'll probably win again. They got no answer. No answer for Derrick Rose. No chance for the Hawks. Bulls crushed them in the regular season. They'll crush them in the playoffs, yeah. I didn't say that. No, I'm not talking about you. This is all the quote-unquote experts I listen to. You know, you play the game on the court. The Atlanta Hawks simply played better than the Bulls yesterday, period. End quote. It's going to be a series. It's going to be a great series. And I want to say this. I uh, I was talking about having Boozer on Horford, and I was really worried about it. Mm -hmm. Noah was on Horford, and Noah got schooled yesterday. Yep. How many times did you see the ball go up between Horford and Noah – and Horford got it somehow. It was like the ball went right to his hand. <clears throat> I was really, I was in, 
Uh, Thibodeau is going to be all over Noah for that because uh, Noah's going to come out game two and dominate, Coach. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guaranteeing it. Mm-hmm. He's going to uh, play with energy and stuff that you have not seen out of Noah in a long time. You know, time. Thibodeau was getting all mad at his team. Uh, you know, defensively, we played poor. I didn't think so. Thought the defense was Oak was at the Bulls' uh, best defensive game. No, I thought the defense was okay. They contested shots. Give the well, Atlanta you know, Hawks some okay credit, Big Dog. In game one of the Eastern semis. You gotta play great defense. Well, you can't play great defense every year. I thought they played a decent game, the Bulls. Offensively and defensively. Not great, a decent game. The Atlanta Hawks played a very good game. When one team plays very good and the other team plays good, the very good team will normally win. They hit some shots, big dog, with hands in their face, particularly Joe Johnson with 34 points. Some of those on just ridiculous shots. Why, just, uh, why was he ever given space? He was, he had a lot of shots in people's face. No question. But there was a lot of he looks where he, right when he caught, he was wide open. Do you know what Joe Johnson does when he is open? He shoots. So there's no reason for him to catch the ball in space or whatever you guys call officially in basketball, Coach. Because, uh, I mean, that kid, he's a black hole. If he catches it, he's shooting it immediately. Mm-hmm. 103-95, the Hawks knock off the Bulls. Panic setting. And then, of course, we had the injury at the end of the game. Now, Derek Rose's ankle was not bothering him during the game. I've heard some people say that. If you watch some of his explosive moves. No, no, no. You don't know what happened. He hurt his ankle with four seconds to go. No, I know that. But some people were saying, oh, he didn't play his best game because of his ankle injury. I'm I'm going against that. I think his ankle was just fine up until the last four seconds because he made some moves, big dog, that were every bit as explosive as I've ever seen him. Uh, He's fine. Well, I don't know if he is now. I'm not. I'm not. Saying the injury with four seconds left is insignificant. I'm not ready to say it. My point is that his cause for not his best game was not the ankle. He was just missing shots because he made some unbelievably quick moves. Sometimes he finished, sometimes he didn't. But the explosion, it was there. And if, and to be honest with you, you're our point guard in the playoffs. You have to get uh, some foul shots. Well, so I, I have to say he could have played a lot better, Coach. That was a big well, key. You know what's disappointing is Thibodeau finally goes with Rose and C.J. Watson at a pivotal point in the season. Yep. Coach, they ha- did they miss four layups when those two were on the court at the same time? Eh, close. You know, Rose missed two, and Taj Gibson missed a layup. Yep. So, uh, and then I, I know there was like another really like an easy gimme shot. If you know they get those, if they get, it should have been three because Rose missed two on a, a drive and then a rebound and mm-hmm. then a miss. But I, I thought they could have made a little run with those two on the court, so I was kind of hoping they would. So maybe Thibodeau would be more likely to go to that. I, I think that could be a nice combination every once in a while in the mm-hmm. game. So, NBA fans, you yeah. want to check in? Bulls fans, we transition from Osama bin Laden to the Chicago Bulls. A very smooth transition. Give us a call. Phone lines are open as per always here on the show. 888-463-6748. A lot of open phone line today, Big Dog. We tried, uh, in addition to Dwight D. Eisenhower, we have tried contacting, uh, Sox GM Kenny Williams, Blackhawk Captain Jonathan Taves, and who else do we have? Oh, and uh, Chicago Bear Offensive Coordinator Mike Mars. They all did not answer our calls, so we got a lot of open phone line today. No guests today. That's too bad. I mean, I we really do need Dwight D. Eisenhower. Well, it was either him or Jonathan Taves. I was kind of hoping for Taves. Ah, what can I tell you? 
Okay. What can I tell you? All right. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Big Dog has a little catharsis to get off his back from the uh, weekend that was or wasn't in Joel's case. We'll continue talking about the Bulls and the Hawks. And uh, i got to mention Dallas Mavericks beating the Lakers, too. Sneak in a little baseball talk as well. Take your phone calls, 888-463-6748. We'll go to our base camp on the other side of the glass, protected by David Olson and his troops. Back in a minute, two guys in a mic. TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com yeah. i love the way that guy says it joel radwanski i love that hard arm big fan of the hard arm big dog now uh welcome back two guys into mic talkzone.com again our phone number 888-463-6748 big dog we talked to you on friday last week all was good in the world job social life no no, no you didn't talk to me on friday last uh, we week. talked to you on thursday Every heading day. in to a big three-day weekend for you yeah life was good you were on top of the bubble flying high personally socially professionally and then i talked to you 72 hours later and things have gone awry what happened Oh yeah, they've gone. They've gone like greatly awry. Coach, <laughs> oh boy, is, it, is, is the best way to put it. So last <laughs> Thursday night is my last night selling vacation packages. The okay, final folks? night. My final night. Uh, okay, you might as well so just give them away. We'll go out with you, uh, you know. So we had to go into Mullins, Coach. I haven't been to Mullins since the last time I was there, mm-hmm. and that was I had been wrongfully fired because I had kicked out. Uh, somebody who's being a total douchebag, and it just happened to be one of the friends of the owner, Tony Anton. Oh, okay. so so these well, are your your vacation selling work compatriots taking you out? Yeah, so it's, okay. yeah, so it's after work, you know. So they're like, so it ends up being my last day there, and it just so happens this is the first and last time I'll ever go to Mullins. So I thought it was kind of funny, and I knew a lot of people there. Things get a little bit out of hand. They sort of come back to uh, you know our place. The so next thing I know, it's like five thirty in the morning. I don't realize that if you would asked me, I said it was like two fifteen. Okay. okay, and we're still imbibing. Okay, and I'm like, <laughs> oh no, it's this late. Well, my ride had left, and I didn't know it. <laughs> so wait, I, I thought. What do you mean your ride had left? I thought you were back at your place. No, 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 no. I went back to these people's apartment. Oh, okay. okay? Not your was, place, their place. Still, this was still like twelve people, and we're still party. It was pretty. Oh, a lot of crazy things have no big deal, but can't get into that. <laughs> Take cab home. I forget my phone there. Okay, coach? Oh, boy. So I get home. I'm about to do the show at like 945. I'm like, where's my phone? Oh, I know. I left it at the apartment. So mm-hmm. now I was supposed to do an interview with a guy by the name uh, of Jake, who's actually a, a big wig at Second City, and he's going to mm-hmm. be in uh, this staged event that we're doing right outside of Wrigley Field today at 5 o'clock. So if we need any extras. People, come on down to the Wrigley Field McDonald's at 5 p.m. and just look for the big dog because mm-hmm. we need extras in the scene that I'm doing for uh, uh, for my, okay. my TV pilot. Coach, I would love to have you come down. Dave Olson, please come on down. I'll, I'll put you in it. It's a great and, opportunity. Uh, so uh, 
<laughs> well, so coach, like I'm thinking to myself, like I end up working at that waterriders.com for two days. Excellent. Everything is good. And then on Saturday night, I go out with my girlfriend. Okay. And I had been with her a bunch of nights before, mm-hmm. you know, the, the one that, you know, she's been like ridiculously good to me. Yes. Well, that night she's going to a bachelorette party. I feel like, she, like she, really she could be the one. To, what's up? I feel like she could be the one. Okay. Well, she's, uh, <laughs> She uh, she ends up like okay it's right by the house and she wants to take a cab and the cab's taking forever I'm like you know I actually can walk you there it's that close she's like oh okay let's go so I walk her there and when I get there um, it ends up being a bachelorette party where it's a bunch of like uh, gay Filipino doctors <laughs> and like and like Filipino nurses and, uh-huh. and doctors and you know there's no straight guys there just you know gay guys and and, and and girls. Okay. And so they're like, come on in, come on in. And I'm like, all right, all right, I will. You know, so I eat dinner with them. Everybody's being really nice to me. Everything is good. We end up drinking, getting out of hand. All of a sudden, the stripper comes. So the stripper goes into one room, and I didn't want to be in there for that. I just didn't. Male didn't stripper really or female like, stripper? I went to another room. Was it a male stripper or a female stripper? It was a male stripper. It was a bachelorette party. Coach. Okay. When the, when the drinking and eating was going on, I was trying to have as much money as possible. When that happened, I left the room. Okay. Were the gay like, Filipino doctors behaving themselves up until that point? Oh, my goodness, Coach. I didn't know noises like that. Dang on. I did not know noises can be made like that. <laughs> All I got to say is I did some horrible. It ended up being I did some horrible stuff. Uh-oh. My girlfriend has dumped me. Oh, no. And, and she was like the nicest girl that has you know ever been to me. Okay, now, but she's the one. That, like, she's the one that brought you to the bachelorette party. Yes. Well, that was your first mistake. Did, I mean, was she when you when you walked over to this party? Did she know it was a bachelorette party? And yeah, did yeah, she? Oh yeah, she knew it was a bachelorette party. And did she, she did. intend for you just to escort her to there, or to actually come in and be part of it? You know, I have. I can't. I can't define her intentions. Right. She's a woman, Coach. I, that's the last thing I would ever but do. But she, she had no, no problem with you, you know, come on up, join the friends. Oh, no, she kept pulling me up. Come all on right, in, come see, on in. And all the friends were like, come on in. And again, not just a regular party, but she's in, encouraging you to show up to an alcohol-laden bachelorette party with gay Filipino doctors. Yes. See, this is a problem right off the bat, but continue. <laughs> this is not a good scenario. Big Dog, I know you. This is not a good situation for you. Well, there's, you know, so there's bachelorettes, her friends, all her doctor friends, you know, one thing leads to another, and I, I'm the total douchebag coach. Like, I feel so guilty and so bad about what I did mm-hmm. that, uh, and she's such a nice girl. So, like, I had this dramatic experience going on. I cannot believe I just did it. And she's been as nice to me as any woman as I've ever met. She's mm-hmm. awesome. And I do something, like, just totally stupid and inconsiderate. And, um... Well, beyond inconsiderate, I guess, like, that's the way to say it, but, um, mm-hmm. so the next day is my Miss Nucho celebration. Now, I don't know if you know this, coach, but, oh, yeah, you do, you do know, but the, the people out there, you can go to, uh, uh, celebration.com, like with S-A-L-A-B-R-A-T-I-O-N.com. Uh, my friend, Sonny Nucho, his dad, uh, Salvatore Nucho, was a, a football coach at St. Joe's and, just an unbelievable man. Always was teaching life lessons. Was a great guy. Well, he died of um, pulmonary fibrosis back in uh, 2006. So, for the last five years or four years, uh, the Nucho family and friends 
have been putting on this benefit to help learn about us, you know, like try to find a cure for pulmonary fibrosis. Coach, a lot more people die of that than like of breast cancer and other issues. And so, and people hardly even know it exists. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a really important situation. And, and Mr. Nuccio was like the type of guy that like, if you did something wrong, he would talk to you in a way that you could totally tell he loved you, but was totally mad at you, and you really felt like, you know, I really have to change and not do stuff like this anymore. I mean, he was just, like, really good at that. Mm-hmm. So I do this idiotic thing, and then less than 10 hours later, I'm at his benefit, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, this horrible life lesson that I had to learn, and then it's the day that I celebrate uh, one of the greatest Americans I ever mm-hmm. met. And I get home, and I'm like, I'm going to remember this day forever. I don't want to think about it anymore. And then all of a sudden, Barack Obama comes on the television and says, we just killed Osama bin Laden. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going to have to think about this the rest of my life. Wow. That is a powerful, powerful, <laughs> heavy-hitting weekend for you. Yes. Oof. I-, I hope I didn't bore you with all the No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, you know, that's, like, that's like one brick after another getting hit in the head here is boom, boom, boom. It's like taking shots from Muhammad Ali slash Cassius Clay back in the day. A left and then a right and then a left and then a right and then boom, the left hook at the celebration. Wow. Down goes Redwanski. So no, no, it, 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 it was a good thing, Coach. I didn't go down. I didn't go down. I was going to no. ask you. I, I figured you went down. How long did you stay down on the mat? Are you back up again? No, no. I still feel real, real, real bad uh, to this moment. Okay, I do. And I realize the, the consequences of my actions, and I mm-hmm. feel real bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do know one thing, that that girl is, like, really strong, smart, so she's going to be fine, and she'll be like, what? Mm-hmm. what? <laughs> you know, I've talked to her since. And she kind of, she hasn't really forgiven me, but at least she realizes that, you know, she's not going to hate me forever. So I no, feel a little better about it. No chance of any kind of uh, reprisal situation with the no, female commodity? No, no chance because there's no, no possible way I could, like, meet her friends again. Ouch. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I would, it would, do, you remember the, do you remember the episode of Seinfeld when Kramer got attacked by all the kids in his karate class? <laughs> no, but it, it sounds like? good. That's exactly what it would look like if her friends attacked me. <laughs> now I'm curious, what happened when Kramer got attacked by all his bunch of kids in the karate class? Well, no, 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 no he, you, you know, okay, that's, he, he, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. He would, he went and took a karate class with all the little kids, <laughs> so it, they would be fighting in class, and he would just be beating them all up. And they show this, you know, he'd be fighting, uh-huh. bah, knocking these kids down. And then after <laughs> after class, they all cornered him in a dark alley. Uh-huh. You know, like 10 of them, and then they just beat him up. (laughs) They were like, you're beating up children. He's like, hey, we're all the same skill level. We're all white, though. (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I'm sorry it did not have a good ending, Big Doug. That was uh, the the lesson, the moral here is um, once you took the five or six steps up the stairway to that particular house where the uh, bachelorette party was going on, that was probably five or six steps. I'm going to say you look back regretting taking. Yeah, coach. You should have I, been the girlfriend of right. uh, You know, there's like there's times like cause, you know I, I've had a lot of girlfriends, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And like sometimes I'm like, hey, remember remember the girl that dumped you because you forgot that you had a fantasy football draft and you couldn't go out with her that night. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, remember her? You know, I don't even, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then I had thought about that girl like in two years. Like this, I'm gonna have to think about like. Uh, for and I, I deserve to, Coach. I just mm-hmm. can't believe I did what I did. Uh, well, that's a tough break. And you, well, you know, one's man's loss is another woman's gain. You don't want to hear this right now. You're still on the 
the bounce back mode. You're down on the mat trying to get yourself up. I, by the way, I'm a pretty good cut man, corner man. So when you do get yourself to the stool, big dog, I'll tie you off. I'll patch you up. You know that. That's what why, we do. Why are you talking about meeting a new girl and say get myself to the stool? Well, no, I was just saying that, you know, opportunities out there. We have a lot of single females that listen to the show that basically had written you off after listening to the last couple of months. You will, uh, again, you need a little cut, man. You need some recuperation period. But in the not too distant future, be back in the game, single, eligible, and the ratings for our show, I'm sure, are to, uh, will go up dramatically. Yeah, but the, the where did I sleep last night could either, you know, because yep. it had been very interesting the last couple of days, Coach. Yes. But, uh, After a rather boring couple of months, I might add. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we'll maybe we'll bring that segment back up too. All right, anything else before we transition into your favorite baseball team struggling once again? No, I just want to say I'm sorry to. Anybody that might be listening, I'm totally embarrassed in the shit. Yep. But after that, okay, I have to put it behind me, Coach, right? I put mm-hmm. it behind me. So I'm going to quit beating myself up yep. and move on. Yeah, so and I know you. You make mistakes, but none of your mistakes, and I can honestly say this, have been from a mean-spirited nature. Oh. Right? Well, you know, I only have lost two friends in my life, and I really care less about either one of them right now. So I really don't feel like I was mm-hmm. at fault. All, so. right. All right. Well, I hope I'm not the third. All right. <laughs> Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Big dog at a coach. You never know what you're going to get. Bin Laden's killing Chicago Bulls, Atlanta Hawk, NBA basketball, and what did the big dog do over the weekend? But uh, quickly, let's transition to a little baseball. Yesterday, big dog. I was not able to stay up for the game. The West Coast games kill me. But the Dodgers did defeat our Cubs. Another loss for the Cubs. Um, and it seems to be a fairly consistent thing of late. Lack of hitting. In clutch situations, get men on base, but you can't come up with a big hit. Yeah, and that's something that it, it gets more difficult once you start thinking about it. And the the more often that it happens, and it's, it's like that catch twenty two thing or the you know the spiraling out of control. So mm-hmm. uh, you now they just need to relax, just try to go back up the middle, remember the fundamentals in baseball, mm-hmm. and they'll be fine. Thank you, Greg. Situation. Thank you, Greg Walker. Don't you think uh, besides the obvious, good pitching? Besides good pitching, there is no other adjective that can describe either a good baseball team or a bad baseball team than the ability not so much to get hits, but to get hits when they count. Coach, you're exactly right. And teams, just not get hits when they count, teams that when there's a runner at third and there's one or less out, Mm -hmm. it's a one-run game. You somehow wait for a high fastball and you take a whack at it and, you know, you try to hit a fly ball. And sometimes they go out of the ballpark too, Coach, just because you're just trying to do the right thing as a teammate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, they need to just play more sound fundamental baseball and not trying to win the game on every single swing too. It feels like that every once in a while watching the Cubs. Even though I have to admit, I watched maybe 30 pitches of the entire game yesterday. I mm-hmm. was all Osama bin Laden all day yesterday. Yep. Well, uh, a couple of things that happened in the ball game, and again, Cub fans, you want to check in triple eight four six three six seven four eight one. Alfonso Soriano did hit his eleventh homer of the season, fifth in the last five games. Now they've all been solo blasts, big dog, which brings me kind of my my last point. You got to hit them when they're more significant. But I, eleven uh, homers is not bad. Yeah, I'm not going to start bashing a guy that no, you know, driven in five runs in five games. That's what you know. What I mean, I'll take mm-hmm. you know. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can get people on in front of him while he's as, as hot as a firecracker right now. Because we know one thing: nobody 
in baseball gets as hot as Alfonso Soriano when Soriano gets hot. Honestly, does anybody coach? You know, Pujols always hits 330 with 35 home runs. That's yep. just what he does. You know, with, when Soriano gets blasted, it's, he, could, he could hit like 15 and 20 games. Yeah. Uh, that's the type of role that he he's done stuff like that before mm-hmm. uh, in his career. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not enough to carry a team just yet, but uh, hopefully it will continue a little bit more. Uh, the other significant thing yesterday's game, Andre Ethier's hitting streak went up to 28 games. Barely, though, Big Doe was an infield single. Again, I didn't see it, but an infield single keeps the streak alive up to an impressive 28. Sports reactionary. I'm glad to know that, Coach. That was going to be my question before I asked you. So it's official now. He is now has uh, some sort of semblance of a historic uh, streak. A 28-game yep. streak, Coach, only comes around about once every three years. That's good stuff. You know, it, it really. So yep. that that's that's it's a big time uh, achievement mm-hmm. by Andre here. It seriously is. Cause, yeah. And again, if you know you're saying why 28. It's half a DiMaggio, if you want to listen yesterday. So it's, it's a, Ooh, a big, big achievement. I forgot about that. Very interesting. I will keep an eye on that. Again, another 9-10 start tonight. Cubs trying to uh, break out of the slump, see if they can take care of the Dodgers at L.A. But uh, we did have one Chicago team, Big Dog, break out of a slump yesterday. Hopefully uh, the start of a little bit of a streak for the White Sox, but they did knock off Baltimore 6-2, to two, got some hits, got a couple of home runs from Paulie Kay. Uh, yeah, you know what? Talk about another guy that can that can get really, really hot. You know, uh, Canerco doesn't get as hot as Soriano, but he can do it for three months. Mm-hmm. You know, he has those long tears of just uh, pounding the baseball. So, uh, coach, this team can still awaken. Yes, uh, and, I agree. Uh, the first the first eight innings, they had shut out ball, and now they they put Chris Sale. They may have put too much on his shoulders. Boy, right away that was I had that in my notes today. They asked you as a pitching. Uh, a man who's pitched at, at very high levels, except junior high, high school, college, and pro. What the heck has happened to Chris Sale? Brilliant last year. And he can't get anybody out this year. Came in in the ninth inning in a shutout game, and uh, he, he six-net run lead, couldn't even close out the game. The, the coach, here's exactly what happened. You're, you're talking about a guy who, who, when he comes up, has pretty good location, uh, an awkward delivery, and great stuff. And nobody knows anything about him, and he's too dumb to realize that he – should be getting absolutely shelled. And he has some early success. All of a sudden, he's got confidence. And he, he rolls through the season, and everyone's patting him on his back, and you're great. You're, you're, you're phenomenal. Everything's going to work out. Goes through the off season. Everybody tells him that all year, and now we're going to depend on you. We're going to count on you. And then all of a sudden, the season starts, and there's a scouting report. He isn't so funky. People know what's coming at him. And all of a sudden, he's got the burden of a, mm-hmm. he's a, a certain role on this team. And since there is no closer, maybe he's the closer. So he's in competition with his fellow bullpen mates. And, mm-hmm. you know, so and then all of a sudden the bullpen implodes and there's so much more pressure on him. And, you know, the kid's, what, 22? And he, he hasn't even, he wasn't even drafted by the White Sox a year ago yet. Mm-hmm. It's not until June when he was drafted by the White Sox. So there you go, right there. Boy, so so. And then, uh, he's not a failure if he has to go down to Charlotte or wherever and uh, work on some stuff. And maybe mm-hmm. that's what needs to happen. Or maybe they think he's good enough to work on it in the major leagues and, and and not cost them too much. Boy, it's just amazing. And good analysis of that combination of the mental pressure. And from what I hear, not so much that he's throwing slower, but that uh, scouting reports are on him and the, and the, the other batters know him a little bit better. Yeah. Those yeah. those two things, yeah. You take Legitimately, Coach, you can take a, a sophomore at a Division III uh, team. Like, you can take my buddy, uh, Heath Rose, mm-hmm. or Kevin Callen. Okay, either one of those guys that played at McMurray Baseball. They could pitch a scoreless third of an inning. You know, they threw in the low 90s. They could locate. 
and no one ever saw him before. You know what I mean? They could. It would not surprise anybody. Now, could they consistently get anybody off the major league level? I, I you know, I doubt it. So, mm-hmm. but that, that's just the thing about pitchers. So, and then you take a guy with Chris Sale stuff. You know, he he can shock people for. I mean, how many innings did he pitch last year? I don't think he pitched more than twenty innings for the White Sox. So, for them to put so much of a burden on the, on his shoulders was asking a lot for a team that expected to win a division. Mm-hmm. All right, Baltimore series is over. The uh, Sox lose three out of four. They didn't win the last one. No rest for the weary for the White Sox. Most of baseball teams right now in a pretty busy period of time schedule-wise. No days off, and they're back in action uh, at home taking on the Minnesota Twins. A lot of people thought that'd be a a big early season series, but uh, right now, big dog, both teams are battling for last place, not first place. Yeah, but you know what? They can both they can both turn this around. So I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to be an issue. They will turn around. Yeah. And and how about this? Minnesota won't. up in White Sox fans. I, I, I well, you know, I'm not a White Sox fan. You're both. But how about the Cubs trade Sean Marshall to the White Sox for uh, Gordon Beckham? No. Uh, well, first of all, I got Darwin Barney. So you can move Beckham to third and trade Ramirez. No, 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 no. Beckham stays at second. Barney plays short. Castro plays third. Where they're supposed to be playing. That's Castro not bad. Be a third baseman. That actually is not bad. I like that better. Moving Castro from short because I, I, I certainly don't want to bump Darwin Barney. Sean Marshall for good. See, I'm not convinced. I'm convinced that Sean Marshall is a good pitcher. I don't know if he's going to hit great, but he's good and probably will be for another four or five years. Yeah. Jury's still out on uh, Gordy Beckham. Okay. So and Cub- I'm with you on that because I know we're giving the Cubs as a Cub fan. I know we're giving up a a quality pitcher. Yeah. Right now, but I just don't see the Cubs contending right now. That that's the issue. I love Sean Marshall, coach. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's good. The White Sox need to throw something else in there, like a minor leaguer or something like that. But Sean Marshall right now could do so much for the Chicago White Sox. It's not funny. And you talk about a guy that could take somebody by surprise. Well, the American League, very few players have actually mm-hmm. hit against them. Yep. So I'll tell you this: the Sean Marshall derivative for the White Sox, Matt Thornton, is. Very similar to Chris Sale, except he's not a youngster. He's a, at least a mid-level veteran. He is, uh, and again, it's early, and Thornton's a good pitcher. I fully expect him to come back. But he can't get anybody out this year either, Big Dog. It's, and especially when it counts. Yep. When the game's on the line. Like, when it's really, really important, you, you look at his stats, and like, well, like his batting average against and all that aren't all that horrible, considering that he blows every save he gets an opportunity to, to go in against. He, this is about his, talk about clutch hitting by the Cubs. What about clutch pitching by the White Sox? That's what they've missed this year. Mm-hmm. They could have won a lot more games that, if they had any pitching with some testicular yep. fortitude late in ball games. Yep, that got him off to the uh, tough start, and then the uh, the hitting, the batting dropped out. Yeah, those two things together, and they find themselves in the hole that they're in. But uh, speaking of holes, big dog, we're about a one minute and forty second hole right here to wrap up the show. And as always, we appreciate your. Uh, the human element that you bring to the show. Thank you for repeating some of the uh, things that happened to you over the weekend. And some great knowledge, by the way. That's what I like about you. Not only can break down a Chris Sale and why he's struggling, but you can also tell us why America has uh, military bases in Pakistan and other countries. Very impressive. A solid breadth of knowledge, even if you're BSing most of the time. Yes, well, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> today I'm going to commit a fatwa against my couch for the next thought- half hour. I thought that stuff didn't Mayor Daly say you, the restaurants cannot serve that. Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, that, that's illegal. 
What are you? And you're going to do it on the couch by yourself for the next half hour. You uh, know, like I'm going to attack. Hour. I'm going to okay. attack the couch with some with some anger. Okay. All right. Well, you know, go ahead. on behalf of the couch. Go ahead. Take your anger out and come back bigger and stronger tomorrow. Okay. We'll Sounds talk good. to you Thanks ten tomorrow. Well, the the new era starts tomorrow, big dog. A new era. Much. Yes, the new era. For the big dog. Females, you can call us in at 888-463-6748. We'll pass on the information. Big dog and the coach will be back at you tomorrow, hopefully talking about a few more wins than we got in Chicago yesterday. Thank you, White Sox, for making an otherwise miserable sports night. We'll be back at 10 tomorrow. David Olson, our producer on the other side of the glass. Phenomenal job. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com signing off. Have a great day, everybody.